The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World This program is brought to you by Spirited Sea Travel. Reserve your space for Spring 2020. Visit spiritedseatravel.com and mention Unity Online Radio when booking. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being an intentional spirit. And I always like to take time to honor our listeners because without you, well, there would be no show. Let's just be be very real and authentic about it. I love your participation. I love your engagement. I love hearing more from you and the kind of uh, authors and healers and teachers that you like to have on the show. I was very captivated by our author today and our difference maker because he uses one of my favorite words called awesome. And that being said, I love the originality because he uses awesome with the ohm at the end. Because So I'm telling you, we're talking creative spirit here as a difference maker. I want to welcome to our show today, Craig Calavo. Craig, thank you for being here. It's my pleasure to have you. Oh, Temple, thank you so much for this opportunity to share my message with your audience. I appreciate it. Well, and I think it's important that both of us honor the greatest publicist that we know, and that would be Dia Chandra Hunter. Yay! Yay, Dia! Yes. Way to go, <laughs> I'm very, Dia. I'm very grateful to the introduction and her uh, bringing you to our show. And uh, wow, I've been looking at the various things that you are about and your consciousness and your energy, and I find it just so exciting. Um, what was your motivation for writing this book? Well, my my motivation or my mission actually evolved shortly after the writing process. It was my original intention, Temple, was simply to share some of my life experiences with my kids. I mean, maybe maybe all parents feel this way at some point. I mean, I've you know. I've had a, I've had many many life experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly, aha moments. So uh, that was my original intention, and and luck, luckily, I've been a seeker for decades. So I've been journaling for many many years. So I pulled out the the dusty box of journals that was in the in the back of my closet and uh, spread them all out across the kitchen table. The, um, the process took from beginning to end about two years, um, but, but really within, I don't know, the first four to six months, I, w- I was able to step back and just see this very, very clear picture or story taking shape. And Temple, I kid you not, it, it was as if, it was it was as if someone gave me a secret treasure map, and um, 
unfortunately, the map was in puzzle form, and these pieces were distributed over years and years. So I didn't have access to this map when I was in my 20s. Um, but, you know, the, the discovery of what I had in front of me was both exciting, obviously, but it was also terrifying because I knew in that instant that I just couldn't keep this to myself anymore. I mean, this uh-huh. wasn't going to be just be, this wasn't going to be just between me and my kids. I figured there'd be a day like today, for example, that I'd be on the phone with you, you know, discussing my message. And quite frankly, that's it's still kind of terrifying to me. Of course, and if it, you know, if it, it gives you any um, uh, comfort at all, I was in ministerial school asking the teachers not to call on me. Um, in my early days of being a teacher, I used to pray no one would show up for the class. So that shows oh. you, <laughs> you know, so it's, um, and I, I think often people um, misunderstand that fear, that that deep shadow that we have um, because we're all called to, you know, make a mighty noise about what we believe and what our soul has called it, caused us to do. And sometimes the saboteur wants to kick in and say, who are you to do this? And well, everybody's doing this. Why are you any different? And you know, all those conversations, but I just want you to know that uh, I haven't met a person that's doing the kind of things that I'm doing or that you're doing that didn't start out with those things in the way. And sadly, so many people misinterpret that to mean, oh, I don't think that's my my thing to do. Uh, so I'm, I'm very glad that you uh, persevered. I mean, to me, to, the title of the book alone, if people use that as a mantra, would be transformative. Because I love, I am God in disguise, so are you. Wow. <laughs> I am God yeah. in disguise, and so are you. I mean, that by itself is, it just rings true in your soul, and you go, wow. I mean, we've used for years and new thought and, and positive motivational life-changing situations. We've used the word namaste, which um, is a nice word, but you always feel like you have to explain it. You know, especially in the in the U.S. culture. Um, but this says it. This just nails it right there. Um, did you find well, the title that. first and then do the writing? Or did you do the writing and the title jumped on you? I mean, is there a story there at all about how that came about? Um, the title was first, I would say. I, you know, I spent, mm-hmm. and I really appreciate your, your input on, on the book cover and the title, because I really put a lot of time and thought into it as, you know, I wanted, I wanted the cover to be eye-catching, maybe a little bit shocking. Um, I, I've actually, it's been surprisingly controversial because not everyone's audience, you know, might be as open as, as yours. Um, so, uh, the, the pushback, the little bit of pushback that I've heard, you know, it is surprising to me. I, I, don't, I don't even feel, Temple, that this is a new age message. I, I actually see this message as being age old. I mean, if you look back to the Hindu, 
you know, scriptures, to Buddhism, to the Bible. I mean, for example, um, the, this quote I have, I jotted down real quick from the Bible. Do you not know that you are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you? I mean, if that's not I am God in disguise, I don't know what is. So, so I was... Uh, well, you know, I, um, I I don't want to feel like I'm always just giving you your answer, but uh, controversy is a good thing, and controversy sells books. Uh, so that's a good thing. You know, I always say if people aren't talking about you, you're not really doing much. Uh, so that's a very positive thing, um, because you're exactly right. This is a, a mainstream conversation. This is a language that meets every heart on every door, uh, no doubt about it. So I'm, I'm glad that you honored uh, the title and the cover. I, it's tremendously powerful, uh, just the energy that's coming from the book cover. And for everyone tuning in, you can go to awesomelife.com. That's awesome without the E at the end. Awesome, as in Om, awesomelife.com. And you can join us in seeing the beauty of this book that I'm talking about. And more so than just looking at it, it would be advisable to delve into it and to give it to family and friends and people that you want them to know that they are uh, in disguise, that they are really God. How powerful is that? Uh, I get you. I had, I had the same thing with me. My title of my book came out. They told me it was never going to go anywhere because it was, the title was, when did you die? <laughs> so, oh yeah. Yeah. So talking about controversy, when did you die? Eight steps to stop dying every day and start waking up. And they said, well, people don't want to talk about dying. And I went, well, that's gotta be the name of the book because it's the truth. You know, we have a lot of walking dead people. And we got to wake people right. up. So good for you for right. sticking the course. I'm I'm very glad that that you did that. Um, well, you know, on the on the title of your book, it's it's interesting because I find that a lot of the great mystics and saints and sages and prophets they all talk about learning to die while we're alive, and. And, you know, I, I kind of dug into that to, to, to try to understand what that meant. And to me, that meant to become aware of the illusion. And um, what I call it in my book is lucid living. And mm. to kind of just briefly explore that for a minute here, Temple, uh, look, look at the dream state and, you know, to – to uh, to be in, a, I'm sure everyone that's listening has at one time or another has had a very very vivid dream. Almost when you wake up and your alarm clock goes off in the morning, you're almost embarrassed by, you know, how scared you were, or you might be laughing, or you might be sweating because someone was chasing you, or you're crying because someone hurt your feelings, and then you discover it was just all an illusion. You were worried about nothing. Well, I, I think we can take that. You know, it's going to be similar when our when our soul leaves our body. You know, when we die, we're gonna we're gonna have this instant of awakening that it was all a freaking illusion, and we were all so worried. So, so just just real quick to end that uh, that thought. Look at a lucid dream. 
the lucid dream is where you're not fully absorbed by the dream. In other words, you know you're dreaming. For me, these are the best. They are so much fun because you are courageous, you are bold, you're fearless. Because you know you're dreaming. You know the alarm's going to go off. You're, you're aware of the illusion. So I'm saying we need to carry over that, that lucid dream, and we need to experience lucid living. And we need to be aware of the illusion. The word lucid means transparent. So the veil is transparent. Be aware that our alarm is going to go off. And there's no, there's no wake, there's no snooze button on this one. So we don't want to be on our deathbed saying, I wish I would have been more courageous. I wish I would have been bolder. We don't want to die with our music inside. And, um, you know, so that's why I love the concept or the idea of lucid living. And I don't know if your book about dying is related to that at all. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's a, a wide range of things. Like I talk about people are fascinated with near-death experiences, but why don't we talk about being fascinated with near-life experiences? You know, those those kind of things. Yeah. Like you, I, I use shock factor. Um, and because that um, Gary uh, Busey said that uh, the secret of life is not whether we will live or die. It's the parts of ourselves that we allow to die while we're living. And um, mm. so, yeah, it, it covers all of that. But I've, I've never regretted not sticking with my title because the people that could be attracted to it were the right people. And it's been uh, transformative to them in whatever way that they've applied it. So I'm glad that you stayed the course as well, because it's important, you know, that you listen and that you honor uh, yourself. When you um, talk about uh, God, or how do you define God and soul, and where do you sit with uh, mm -hmm. those terms? Sure, sure. Great question. For me, God is this life force. Um, a vibrating energy that literally animates every cell in my body. And it not only flows through me, but it flows through all of creation. I mean, this is what connects us all. And since this energy, you know, well, any energy actually, since energy cannot be destroyed, it only changes form, when these bodies do finally wear out, our energy simply changes form and returns to source. And, you know, what? even Einstein, when he would talk about the subject of spirituality and energy, he said, listen, this is not philosophy. This is physics. So, so for me, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's a really easy question for me, and I have felt that way for a long time. And the soul and temple, the soul is just our individualized reflection of this energy. It's the eternal part of my physical being. So if, if you saw God as being this big ocean, you know, that, that I said flows through all of us, you know, picture taking an eyedropper, you know, out of that ocean and put it into every, you know, newborn. That is our soul. And when we die, that's going to evaporate and return to source. So, um, you know, I, 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 feel, I feel really confident and comfortable with, with uh, how, you know, how I identify with this. 
And, um, you know, being exposed to Unity Church a little bit over the years, you know, I kind of feel that we're on the same page. Do you, do you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, you fit in the Unity message, the Agape message, the New Thought message, uh, Signs of Mind. Absolutely. It's, um, it's a message that all of us with our intentions are putting effort into reaching mainstream, you know, because it we spend a lot of time kind of talking back and forth to the same choir, and it's kind of exciting now because this is such a tremendous time for these kind of teachings, such as the ones that you are offering, to really delve into the heart of humanity. You know, it's just, to me, it's the most exciting time, certainly, that I've ever lived. And um, I know a lot of people um, that I hear talk, they feel the gloom and doom of where we are. I, I don't feel that at all. I feel like we're part of a great awakening. And it's and with that, you know, comes a strain, as someone said, you know, ask the butterfly, it wasn't all fun, you know, so <laughs> <clears throat> I love your energy. And, um, and, and that's something that I, uh, I, I noticed too, with uh, the essence of this this particular uh, experience that you and I are having. I love it when there's people that are on this radio show that have energy and have passion about what they're doing. And you, you wreak that wonderful energy. And that too, I feel is when you're living from a place of, I am God in disguise. And so are you. Um, I say, you know, there's a big difference between people that are full of themselves uh, because that gets a little bit too far off course with the ego, but people that are full of spirit, when you know that you're God in disguise, you have a tremendous amount of energy. I have a tremendous amount of energy because I know it doesn't come from me. You know, I know that there's certain things I can do every day in my life, in my mind, in my diet, in my intention, you know, that certainly help with that. But I'm drawing from something that's so much larger than I am you know, in my own personality. So I just want to acknowledge yeah. that about you. It's it's great to hear somebody that's on fire because you have so much passion about what you're doing. And uh, bravo, well, bravo to you. I'm, gl- I'm glad, I'm glad it comes, it comes across that way. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, and I, yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate the comp- the compliments, but Temple, I too am very optimistic as well in these turbulent times and and one of the big reasons is I'm a strong I'm a strong believer in the idea of collective uh, collective pain and collective joy, and and what I mean by that, right, the power of collective pain and joy, and what I mean by that is I'll, I'll take the easy one first, collective joy. Uh, just for a quick example, a couple of years ago I took my son who lives in Houston. I took him to the World Series. Our uh, our Houston Astros were were playing in the World Series, and we won we won the series. And I am telling you what the joy, the collective joy felt in that stadium, and out on the streets, and in the city. I mean, it didn't matter if you were young or old, rich or poor, black or white. I mean, this is baked into our DNA. These high emotional states. We come together. I mean, it was like a big group hug. It, it was amazing. And I'm looking forward, by the way, to repeating it this year. Um, 
collective fear or collective pain, rather, on the other side of the coin, again, living in Houston for many, many years on the Gulf Coast, I've experienced, I can't tell you how many hurricanes. And there's nothing that brings people together more than a natural disaster. And again, I am telling you, it's baked into our DNA. Human beings come together and rise to the occasion. When the rescue boat pulls up at your door, Temple, they don't ask you who you voted for. Skin color, sexual preference, nationality, none of it matters anymore. We come together and we rise up as human beings. And I believe this political era that we find ourselves in right now, as well as globally, I mean, you know, look around the world. You know, there's chaos everywhere, and it, it feels pretty damn crazy. I feel this is one of these storms. There's no difference. Mm. And, and, and I see people organizing. I see people standing up, and I, I love it. I love it. And, and I, think, I think in hindsight we're going to look back at this era, and we're going to say this was a blessing in disguise. It, it, mm. motivated, mm-hmm. us. it, it, motiv- it motivated us to stand up. You know, I often feel like there's a there's a very loud and obnoxious minority that is ruling a very polite and silent majority, and and that's us. I mean, the people on the spiritual path oftentimes are just too damn polite to speak our mind. So you look around the world, and we, you know, we're we're being bullied, and. Um, so yeah, I'm optimistic, and I feel I feel the change in the air. Mm, me too. Wow, very well, Good. very well said. Um, I I also I I love that you use the language of the game of life. Mm-hmm. Have you have you spent a lot of time as an athlete, or your children, or? Um, where where does that come from? I mean, I say for me as an all-American softball player that I learn all the lessons about life. <laughs> you know right. that that there's something about uh, being an athlete, but there is there a, another reason uh, when you say discover the divine within, become a player in the game of life. Right. Um... Actually, I believe, and and this is probably one of you've kind of um, picked up on one of the one of the biggest differences in my book compared to other books in in this you know mind body spirit genre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I be- I believe that the spiritual path is meant to be a fun, lighthearted adventure. And therefore, I choose to make it a game. Um, for example, I've got 24 illustrations scattered throughout the book, which is really kind of unheard of in this genre. Um, I've been studying, as I mentioned, I've been a seeker for almost 30 years now, and I've been studying these books. I mean, some of my favorite teachers, you know, you know, whether it's Eckhart or Deepak or Wayne or, you know, there's, there's tons of them. And I don't think I've ever seen an illustration in any of the hundreds of books I've studied over the years. 
Wow, and, that's powerful. You just got got well, my attention. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, having uh, read so many books in my in my life, and I'm sure I'll read more. Um, you you often just hear about concepts and things like that, but there's nothing as far as experiential value. So uh, I think you're on to something. <laughs> I think that's very powerful. You know, it's like uh, I know that that's one of the reasons that that people tune in to, to, to my work or, you know, to my talks is because I believe in humor, not being so serious, you know, having fun, giving examples, using props. So good for you. That to me, that's transformative. Um, because, um, if you're participating, then you're growing, you know, you're getting a deeper awareness of it. So, wow, that's powerful. I love that. Good, 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 good. Well, you know, a a picture is worth a thousand words. So obviously I used these comic-like illustrations throughout the book to just emphasize points I was trying to make, but at the same time, I think you'll notice that a lot of them are just, you know, in my effort to keep it lighthearted, to keep it humorous, you know, some of them are kind of sarcastic, tongue-in-cheek, because that's my personality. So my goal here, Temple, for writing this book is to just simplify and demystify this message. I don't think it's supposed to be so damn complicated. Have you ever, have you ever read a book? And you read the same page over and over again, just trying to absorb the message. You, I promise you, that will never happen in my book. You won't have to read any of these pages twice. You might not, you might not agree. You might not agree with what I'm saying. Don't get me wrong, but you will not. You won't be confused. Um, and then there's uh, talking about differentiating myself from from other other books in, in this realm, there are three main main points that I really disagree with many of the so-called experts out there these days. One of them is for... I, wanna, I don't want to stop this because I, I love your flow, but I don't want us to get in the midst of it before we take a short break. And I sure. want to make sure that we start right off with these three points because I... I certainly want to hear them. And thank everyone for tuning in and go to Awesome Life, A-W-E-S-O-M, life.com. Find out more about Craig Calabo. It's a power day. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and thank you again for being part of The Intentional Spirit. We've been doing this show for many years now, and I greatly appreciate you. Please remember, if you haven't already, to go to templehays.com and sign up for daily inspirations or go to firstunity.org if you want to know more of the deepening of the kind of work that I do, not only locally, but globally. Love having you participate in my life and in these conversations. I mean, basically, I spend my life in conversation about being a difference maker. 
and in calling forth other people to be a difference maker or honoring those that already are, such as our wonderful Craig Kalova today. We're so glad to have you, Craig Kalovo. I said it right, Kalavo. I got it. I got it. I got it. I feel so good about this. (laughs) Oh my goodness! Yes, it's so so thrilling to be with you and and have your conversation. And for those of you who are just tuning in, we're talking about the book. I am God in disguise. So are you. Powerful. Deal with it. Now, before break, uh, Craig, you were saying how, and I loved it because you were coming on strong, and you were saying. There's about three ways that I definitely disagree with a lot of the experts out there. So I'm, I'm hanging on the edge of my desk, my credenza, and I want to hear, what are those? All right. All right. Well, Don't hold well, thank, back. Thank <laughs> no, no, I won't. I won't. So, so three of the things, and the, the only reason I'm passionate about bringing these up, it's not that I want to pick a fight with any expert. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. But I think that it's, these these reasons are why I was stuck in the epic battle of life in the school of life for so long. It, it, you know why we resist surrender. And number one is many of the experts say that forgetting our divine nature is the root of all evil. And I totally disagree with that. And again, I think this is the number one reason why so many people remain stuck and and have such a hard time of surrendering. I mean, it, it, it really it builds a sense of shame and guilt. You know, so, so let's say we, we reach this stage of discovery where we finally realize that we have this divine soul, the spirit within us. Now we're feeling guilty. We're going to feel guilty? Oh, my God, I've turned my back on you for so long. Surely it's too late for me. You know, so that's what you're going to feel like if you believe the experts. I, I believe that forgetting our divine nature is a natural part of our spiritual path. It happens very, very early on in our development, and it is necessary for us to enter the school of life and to be focused on learning what it means to be human. Now, now, not remembering, uh, eventually it's our goal to discover and remember this divine nature. So not remembering might be the root of all evil, but forgetting is necessary. The, the second one, Temple, is killing the ego and the separate self and silencing the monkey mind is necessary to move forward or evolve. Again, I totally disagree. And and if you're going to try to silence your monkey mind and and kill the parts that make you human, you are going to be stuck in life's battle forever. Good luck with that is what I have to say. You need to learn to tame your ego. Uh, Yogananda actually uh, called it the purified ego. And I, I kind of look at it like breaking a wild horse. I mean, the master isn't trying to kill this magnificent animal. You're, you're trying to reach an understanding, a, a compromise. And once you, you come to this compromise or a taming of the ego, a beautiful partnership is formed. So uh, that's, that's the second point. And then the last but not least is 
I, I believe that body and soul are equally important on this adventure that lies ahead. Many, many, many spiritual teachings either totally ignore talking about the body at all or vilify the body as being weak and sinful. And I think the body is equally as important as the soul. I mean, how many burning bushes can there be? We need our body to be an expression for God. So part of my everyday spiritual practice is eating a healthy diet, drinking tons of water, getting a good night's sleep, yoga, exercise. And usually people will interrupt me and say, hey, hey, wait a second, I thought you said it was your spiritual practice. Well, this is my spiritual practice because if I'm going to be a vehicle for God's expression, I, I want to be a freaking Ferrari. So, yeah, boy, I'm with you on that. You can get me going on that one. I'm I'm surprised and often embarrassed by people who take a role and take a stand and represent um, a spirituality and they totally avoid taking care of their body whatsoever. I'm always just like, what? How did you miss that whole point? Um, I mean, I, I brought in the, this incarnation, the name temple, I guess, so I wouldn't miss the point. And for many years I did. I drank, I did yada, yada. You know, I had a Southern diet and those kind of things, but I had to get that. I guess that's why I carried that name because I needed to get that, you know, you to really know the passageway of the, the greatest vibration and the energy that the universe has to offer. You must be involved with your health and your well-being and your body. It makes all the difference in the world. So, woohoo! Well, I'm just well, a fan uh, today. Well, I'm a fan. You're just well, just really talking it. There you go. But I'm with you on that one. Oh boy! Well, good, Absolutely. Good, thank, you. Mm-hmm. thank you, thank you. And I mean, do you agree, Temple, that most of the spiritual books, you know, how-to kind of books, they rarely ever mention the body. Yep. Yeah, they mostly so, say, you know, do your gratitude and have a journal and, oh, um, yeah, I'm with you. Right, right, yeah, right. absolutely. So, absolutely. So, so I'm, a, I'm very glad that you are including that in, in your teachings. Uh, that's for sure. It's really awesome. Don't, don't get me wrong. My daily spiritual practice includes meditation, doing affirmations, doing visualizations, but I just wanted to say that, you know, taking care of my body was also a big part of that. Mm, I've found it to be transformative, absolutely transformative. So my, uh, just to kind of, you know, wrap my, my message up in a, in a nutshell is I, I believe that we are all born into this world as body and soul and as I said, both equally important. So a perfect combination, in other words, of human nature and divine nature. And I call this our primal way of being. And, and I use the, the word primal or primordial because the definition is perfect. It's an organism's earliest stage of development. So, mm-hmm. so we, enter the, we enter this world this, as, in this primal way. And then I believe that all experiences in our life temple are designed to lead us to discovery, to discovering our soul, spirit, God, whatever you want to call it. 
this dormant power, the sleeping giants. So, so everything in life is designed to lead us to rediscovering this primal way, you know, the way we enter the world. So, um, c- kind of, kind of in, in summary of that nutshell, you know, description of my message in the book. I believe we all share the same collective purpose as human beings, and this should be—I don't. This should be somewhat comforting to people who are stressed out or have anxiety over not knowing what their purpose is. I think we all share the same purpose: to discover that sleeping giant, to surrender to this power, and then to inspire others on this path. And. Um, for decades, I've been explaining myself as being spiritual but not religious, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, writing this book has been kind of transforma- transform- transformative because I don't really feel comfortable saying that anymore. Um, you know, part of it is it's it's just become so trendy and so cliche to say that. I'm kind of uncomfortable just hearing those words come out of my mouth lately, but but more more importantly, I've I've come to a different understanding of religion, and I mean, what is religion? It's just a set of values and beliefs, right? A foundation that we build our lives on. So for me, this primal way that I'm trying to describe in my book, and and my message of discovery and surrender, you know, being my life's mission and trying to help others, you know, inspire others on this path. I mean, that is my religion. So in second thought, on second thought, you know, I guess I am a religious guy and and my primal way is my religion. Mm. Mm. I think it's important being a seeker. I noticed that that was one of the main things that you said about yourself when you got on the call. I think that's one of the main things I long to say about myself is that more important than anything I do or any title or any accomplishment or, you know, whatever goes on a resume or an executive profile is the fact that I'm a seeker. And I've always told people around me and I've told my spiritual community, when I stop talking about being a seeker, I don't want to continue to do what I'm doing. Um, and because it's such an important part of the learning process, because we're always evolving and we're always growing. And that's such a powerful attribute, you know, as you were defining it for yourself, because that's what when we're seekers, you know, when we're out there in the field as authors and teachers and activists or whatever it is, when we're when we're seekers, we're we're more unfolding in current time. Instead of just, you know, taking the old talk out of the file, you know, from 20 years ago and just doing the same thing over and over again. It's not part of the new horizon. Exactly. Exactly. And and being a and being a seeker, you know, I I, I talk about, you know, being a, you know, having the same primal purpose of discovery and surrender for me, my whole life. I can I can see my life when I look back in hindsight and see life before surrender and see life after surrender. And the biggest change, you know, the world doesn't necessarily change after surrender, but how you see the world changes dramatically. 
and you just become so much more relaxed and so much more at ease as a seeker after surrender. I mean, one of my favorite concepts is this universe has been unfolding for 13.8 billion years, and it's going to continue to unfold whether you like it or not. So why not like it? I mean, we get to choose how we react to life. And instead, what we do, Temple, so many of us, and I include myself in this, we accumulate during our lifetimes this long list of preferences, all of these likes and dislikes. And you know what? On rare occasion, all the stars align and all, all of our boxes get checked, and we have this one magnificent day that we're in the zone and we're happy. But, oh, man, if, if that's what your goal is, you are setting yourself up for misery. And instead, what we need to focus on is focus on what we do have control over, and that's how we react to life. You know, in, in, in Buddhist doctrine, they say all of life is suffering caused by our desires. And, you know, I've I got to be honest, I never really understood that. And uh, I, I heard the Dalai Lama not long ago in an interview explaining this teaching and he said you know desire is not the best word since we're all humans and humans are a natural part of our human nature he said if we substitute the word dissatisfaction and i that was that was an aha moment for me all mm. of life is suffering caused by our dissatisfaction just with what is you know, Michael Singer, one of my favorite authors, uh, he wrote a great book called Untethered Soul. He says we should experience every moment of every day like a magnificent surprise party. We should have a childlike excitement, mm -hmm. and jo excitement joy, wonder. So... So that is the beauty of what you were talking about, of being a seeker. But unfortunately, the magic doesn't begin, Temple, until after surrender. Before surrender, you know, it's kind of a struggle. It's a battle. So, you know, I'm hoping to demystify the path, to show people how they can quickly walk their way through these six stages. I'm well aware we can't skip any of these stages. But what I'm hoping is I can show you ways to maybe walk a little bit quicker on this path. And would you state the six stages um, oh, so we can okay. kind of tie in those thoughts together? Because um, you're on a roll. <laughs> Bring it on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> come, in the, come in the front door. <laughs> okay, okay. I would love to. So obviously we all start our spiritual path at birth. And in the book, just kind of tongue-in-cheek, I call it alien birth. And mm -hmm. the only reason I call it alien birth is the definition of alien was just so perfect. Any being, yeah, yeah, any being foreign to its current environment, an outsider belonging to a very different place. I, the way I look at it is we are, at birth, we are pulled from this invisible world of pure energy into a world of form. And I mean, even the doctors say that somewhere between the 22nd and the 30th day after conception, 
this spark just comes from nowhere. And that's that soul, that spirit, that's uh that's that alien, that little that little alien being pulled from the invisible world of spirit. So before we enter the second stage temple, I believe two things must happen and I already touched on on one of them. The soul voluntarily agrees to step aside, go into hibernation. Man must focus 100% on going into the school of life, learning about what it means to be human, become street smart, learn how to play the game, in other words. So um, before we enter school, we develop this ego, the separate self, and in the book I call it the bodyguard. So the bodyguard is with us now for many, many years going forward, and he has good intentions, you know, to start off with. You know, his goal is to protect us and to lead us. As a matter of fact, we get so accustomed to taking instructions from our bodyguard, you know, going through the school of life, we totally forget about the sleeping giant, you know, the soul who's in hibernation. And have no shame, as I said. This is all part of the master plan. There are no mistakes. So the school of life is the second stage. The school of life, I see it as almost like elementary school. All events during the school of life are meant to lead us to the third stage, which is discovery. And um, I don't know, I discovered temple, the divine within, so to speak, when I was in my early 30s, and actually Unity Church was part of my discovery process. Um, just to kind of give you a brief little personal story, um, three things happened in my life all within about a one-month period. Again, I was a total sleepwalker, totally unconscious of that there even was such a thing as a spiritual path. Um, a friend of mine invited me to go to some workshop with her. Uh, we were supposed to go to dinner that night, and she said, hey, I'll go to dinner with you if you go to this workshop with me. So I went to the workshop, and it happened to be a Course in Miracles. Um, it was kind of like a weekly or a monthly meeting that she went to. So that was my first uh, experience into that kind of language. And I'll be honest, I really, a lot of it went over my head. Most of it went over my head. I was I was there for the free cocktails and uh, and the hors d'oeuvres. Uh, I see where about, this is going. <laughs> wait, wait, hey, the, uh-huh, the, the totally universe, get it. Yeah. The universe works in mysterious ways. A, a couple weeks later, um, I was in, I was invited to go to a Sunday church service. And I just kind of laughed, and I explained that I was not a churchy kind of guy. And they were like, oh, come on, it'll be fun. It's not a traditional church. So that's when I discovered Unity Church, and it was it was awesome. The message was really, really positive, uplifting. The music was great, and I, I have to admit, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Oh, um, yeah. At, right after that service... I walked down the hall to find the men's room, and on my way to the men's room was a poster in the hallway um, advertising an upcoming speaker, and the speaker was Wayne Dyer. I 
I went into the bookstore. I bought a ticket. I went and saw Wayne Dyer speak a couple weeks later, and that was also there at the Unity Church. And um, that was kind of my my beginning of uh, of discovery. So That's a powerful I'm story. Say, I'm glad to say Unity Church was was a part of that. Yeah, it's really cool. That me too. I mean, uh, Unity was the first divine validator that I met mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really now, powerful now, when that happens. The thing is, so discovery is stage three, and I was about 32, 33 years old, best I can remember at that time, and I had thought I I had arrived. I thought I reached the pinnacle. I mean, there was about uh, 24 to 48-hour period. I was feeling like I was an enlightened man on top of the world, and it didn't take long for my trusty bodyguard, who my loyal bodyguard who'd been with me for 32 years, protecting me and leading me to resurface and say, hey, 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 wait, 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 not so fast. While you were getting all new agey over there, you forgot about me. So, so my bodyguard, this, this sets the stage, Temple, for the next the next step on our journey, which which I call in the book the epic battle, which is stage four. And mm. for me, I, I hate to admit it, but it took 20 years I was in that stage. And I was stuck in that place between between my bodyguard, you know, where I had this loyalty. And, you know, this guy's been with me. You know, we've, we've built this facade together, this mask. You know, I wasn't ready to throw it away. And and my my new discovered divine nature was pulling at me every day. And, you know, 20 years was a long time to get to be in that tug of war. And and I I discovered why we resist surrender so much. And do I have time to just hit on a few of the reasons? You have about three minutes. Okay, okay. Well, just to kind of summarize things here then, the biggest reason we resist surrender is fear of change. I think a lot of us are just afraid to step into the unknown. You know, think of saying, well, you know, my life might be a struggle now. Yeah, sure, it's kind of painful, but it's safe. It's predictable. Another reason is it's just easier to be a victim. And, you know, that might sound lazy, but that was me. Uh, To become a conscious player we really have to take responsibility for everything we see in our life. Um, another is our feeling of shame and guilt. You know, if, if we were led to believe, you know, that, that, you know, forgetting was the root of all evil, you know, you're, you're stuck in that school of life for a long time. And then addictions. I mean, I had my share of bad habits. You know, and and we're all addicted to something. It's not always drugs and alcohol. I mean, it could be sugar. It could be video games. It could be work. It could be porn. I mean, hell, there's everything out there to be addicted to. Those are all just ways to numb ourselves, to distract ourselves, not to surrender. So those were the reasons 
temple that it took me 20 years to get to surrender, but the rewards are amazing. To become a conscious player in this game are 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 you know beyond you know explanation. And the final stage, stage six, is to inspire others on this path. You cannot keep it to yourself. You know, my original mission was to share this message with my kids. Well, now my mission is to share this message with any, anyone that will listen and um, to raise money for a good cause. 100% of ebook sales goes to water.org. These guys are amazing. They're near and dear to my heart. They're doing great stuff in the world. So even if you're not interested in the book, check out water.org. They're they're fantastic. Do you know Do you know of them? Do you know water.org? I don't, but I do because of you now. Because I went, wow, I need to check that out. It sounds just yeah. incredible. It it was founded 25 years ago by Matt Damon. And it reminds me of that quote by Cao uh, Lu, the Chinese philosopher. Mm-hmm. Lao Tzu, uh, yes. Lao Tzu, Lao Tzu, there you go, thank you. You can give a man a fish, feed him for a day, or teach a man to fish, feed him for a lifetime. And water.org, that's what they do. I'm telling you, it's oh. been a great opportunity. I look forward to our next time. I'm confident there will be one. Thank you so much, Craig, for being with us, and thank all of you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson, we will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.